Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing? I'm great, DW. Um, just for the record, no crimes have been committed. So. <laughs> other, other than being a Falcons fan. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't my fault. So I'll swear to it. <laughs> oh, man. We are on the podcast today to talk about the upcoming matchup uh, the Falcons have in week four. They're at home. They will be hosting the Washington football team. I'm so not used to calling them the Washington football team. I wish they would come up with a new mascot at this point. (laughs) Um, But we're going to talk about some of the the players, the standouts, the matchups going into this game. And we'll wrap it up giving our predictions for how we think this one's going to play out. Uh, We're going to start with the Falcons offense going up against this Washington defense. I think the story coming in with this team is they have one of the most terrifying defensive fronts in football. Uh, And yet, Evan, from what I saw, like this unit only has six sacks, which is the same number of sacks the Falcons have through three games, Mm -hmm. incidentally. Um, And they do have a lot of quarterback pressures, but this is not a defense that's living up, I think, to what people thought they would be this year. It's a little bit of a, a surprise. A lot of people thought this would be one of the best defenses. Uh, they let um, you know New York score 29 points on them last week. They did win the game 30-29, to 29, but it was still you know, a, a little bit of a surprising outcome. Who are some of the guys on the defensive line that Falcons fans should uh, keep an eye out for uh, as we think about this developing Falcons offensive line and what they may be facing in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Allen, I would say it starts in the middle, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Um, mm-hmm. they're just two like insanely good interior defensive linemen. Jonathan Allen already has three sacks this year. And then when you look outside of them, um, Montez sweat has two sacks. He's super underrated. And then uh, there's this one guy that they have that nobody's <laughs> probably heard of named Chase Young, who is a freak. And I mean that with the most respect, um, <laughs> he is crazy good. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch him grow over the next couple of years, but I am not excited to see him this weekend. So uh, yeah. Yeah. And neither is Matt Ryan or Caleb McGarry for that. I don't think anybody's excited to see him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's the matchup I'm going to be watching actually is the one I just mentioned, Chase Young uh, versus Caleb McGarry. And Chase Young to this point hasn't really, I mean, he's been good, 
let's be clear, but I think people are expecting him to be, you know, a 16 plus sack per year guy. And that hasn't happened yet. And uh, I do want to remind people, you know, when it comes to pass rushers, sometimes it takes them a little bit of time to grow into their role as well. It took Justin Houston three seasons before he hit his absolute prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with Chase Young, though, what terrifies me is that, you know, McGarry has just not been cutting it at right tackle. You know, we, we've talked a lot about Jalen Mayfield, um, Matt Hennessy in the middle, and they certainly have a difficult matchup, as you pointed out, with Allen and Payne. But I'm actually more worried about McGarry on the outside and his matchup with Young because uh, McGarry has been getting regularly beat. Uh, and I think uh, his PFF scores say his pass blocking has not been good this year. And I think the eyeball mm-hmm. test confirms that as well. I um, on Twitter, I posted earlier in the week, just some like random comparison stats between the first three games of uh, 2020 and the first three games of 2021. And just real quick, this is McGarry's. Obviously, he had more snaps in 2021 so far. Um, but in 2020, he had 98 snaps, um, zero sacks allowed, one hit zero hurries and one pressure. And then in 2021 with increased load where he's got 205 snaps currently, he's allowed two sacks, two hits, seven hurries and 11 pressures. Um, So the more you see of him, obviously the worse it's going to (laughs) be. And, you know, to fairness of this offensive line, um, I think it kind of needs to be mentioned, not that it's kind of like a cover for them, but, you know, you can make an argument three of these four uh, defensive fronts that they've played are probably, you know, top 10 in the NFL, maybe even less than that. Uh, The Eagles very good up front with Fletcher Cox, Um, Tampa, you know, Vita Vea had, had fun. Um, (laughs) The giants, even with Leonard Williams and uh, Dexter Lawrence are pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Washington has not done well this year so far. I think that's fair to say, uh, considering the talent they have up front and, if they ever needed a get right game, it could be this week. I hope it's not, but it could very well be. Yeah, that's such a great point. That's actually part of what ha- has me a little bit concerned is this is a one of those games where, you know, their defense is hearing and they, they know that they're sort of being discounted a little bit because of everything that's been going on. And that has me concerned with, with that McGarry matchup. And I, I will say Mayfield and Hennessy were much better in week three. Mayfield in particular, as you and I both saw earlier this week, was one of our highest graded uh, players on by PFF scores on offense uh, after being literally one of the worst graded players on offense in the first two weeks. Um, hopefully he can keep that up uh, mm-hmm. as, as we go into this game. This is going to be another big challenge. And like you said, uh, I, I feel like the New York Giants are – uh, being downplayed, but they they had some good players on that defensive line as well. And Mayfield and Hennessy and Lindstrom in particular, they they held up very well. Lindstrom, by the way, and I know you you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this guy is turning into everything we thought he would be. I think right now he's ranked third out of all offensive guards in the NFL by PFF score. So mm-hmm. second second for just specifically right guards, and the only reason he's second. Um, Zach Martin is ahead of him, but he he's only played um, uh, two games as opposed to what Lindstrom's played in three. So, yeah, you know, that can inflate some numbers just a tad. But um, Lindstrom is definitely a one of the few bright spots. Um, we knew he was good last year, but I mean, it's fair to say he's 
early in this season, taking a next, uh, you know, that next step. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's and right now he's actually our highest graded offensive lineman. Although I will say um, Jake Matthews may not be our highest graded, but he is highest graded as a pass blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindstrom's the overall graded uh, offensive player in general for the right. season so far. So, <laughs> yeah, like um, seriously, th- th- where first round picks are concerned, this guy, the fact that you mentioned him in the conversation um, with, uh, uh, oh my God, Dallas, uh, Zach. Um, oh, Zach Martin. Yeah. Zach Martin. Thank he, you. He had, um, I believe he had COVID, which caused him to miss a game. So, right. But the fact that Lindstrom is in that conversation, mm -hmm. I think, tells us where his development is at um, as a player. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, this guy has that part of the offensive line 100% locked down. I mean, his pass blocking grade of 75 is good, but his run blocking is 80.6, which which is like Pro Bowl level. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously there's a lot more games to go. So that number can, you know, decrease some. But I mean, he's doing very well considering who we've played the first. three games yeah <laughs> it's it's not <laughs> in the cakewalk that's for sure no. um all right let's talk about the weapons uh, you know obviously matt ryan uh off to probably his slowest start in a very long time uh if mm-hmm. pff has not been kind to him this year and you know to be blunt he just i don't think he's played well and you know I'm always hesitant to say that because I feel like people are going to take that and say, ah, he's washed up. He's done. You know, it's all his fault. And it's, Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm saying. Matt Ryan's not playing well, but sometimes the reasons are beyond Matt Ryan. It could be the the offensive line. It could be the the weapons could be the fact that he's learning a new scheme. It could be the fact that the guys around him are learning a new scheme and it could be timing. It's it's, it could be a hundred different things are all contributing to this slow start, but I, I don't think there's any doubt. Matt Ryan is, starting off this season really, really slow. And we hope he gets it going. Yeah. The, uh, you know, comparing this year to last year, just through the three, um, he's throwing the ball less, which is fine because he threw it way too much um, in previous seasons. Anyways, Um, his completion percentage is actually up. It was 62.5% in 2020. It's currently 70.9, but obviously that number can decrease a lot over the you know next several games. Um, his yardage is way down, 961 to now 707. Um, you know, with interceptions, he's got three interceptions. He had two last year at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those, you know, against Tampa where they just like batted up and stuff. So I mean, that's kind of fluky to look at. I think the biggest thing is his yards per attempt. It, it was seven and a half in 2020 at this point. It's currently six. They're just not taking shots down the field like they used right. to. And when they do, um, it's, you know, the one that sticks out to me the most is Calvin Ridley pretty much having to stop and look up at the sun waiting right. for that ball to drop. <laughs> oh, um, so painful. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a noticeable difference, um, but it's a totally different offense. And, you know, they're just not taking those shots downfield. Yeah. And, this could be the game where that changes. Um, right. You know, but again, with the defensive line, it's going to, the offensive line is going to have to hold up for Ryan to get time in the pocket to take those shots. Um, the weapons, obviously, you know, Calvin Ridley, um, it looks like Russell Gage may not play. He hasn't practiced yeah. at all this week. We're currently recording this on Thursday evening. So we don't know Friday's uh, practice report, but yeah, he has not been practicing and he didn't practice today. So yeah, but Frank Darby did. 
So. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> well, and, and Darby could end up being active for the first time if uh, if Gage is ultimately uh, uh, ruled out. And I will say this based on uh, my experience with the NFL. If a guy doesn't participate on Tuesday uh, or I'm sorry, on Wednesday and Thursday, and it's usually not going to work out for him to play on Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. It's usually by, you know, Thursday that you want to see the guy move up to limited. Um, and we did not see that with Gage. So it looks like it's going to be Ridley and Zacchaeus as the wide receivers. And obviously we've got Hurst and Pitts. Um, we haven't seen much from Hurst and Pitts. It's now I will say, uh, you know, with Pitts, I think some of this is expected. He actually has more targets through his first three games than Calvin Ridley did in, in his rookie year. Uh, so I think we should keep things in perspective. You know, Pitts, obviously, we want him to get more involved. I think they'll get him more involved. This could be the perfect game for it. We'll talk about what Washington has in their secondary. Um, Hurst is actually more surprising to me because he just he's been invisible through three games. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's because Lee Smith is tight end one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Between, you know, the three of them, uh, he's the only one who's got a touchdown. So it's fair to make that point. Um, he's caught every target that's gone his way. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I have no idea. Um, I, I, w- I expected it against the Giants, to be honest, um, because of the lack of weapons, um, considering Russell Gage was out and it was like, who's the next guy to step up? I thought Alamaze Zacchaeus would um, have an impact, but he had more of an impact than I expected scoring the first mm-hmm. touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see more Kyle Pitts this weekend. I, but, I mean, it, it just seems like a toss-up. Like, I don't think anybody fully knows um, at this point. And I like to think of, like, 2011 with um, how, how the Falcons brought in Julio Jones. Yeah, um, He wasn't force-fed the ball early. But the difference is they had Pro Bowl Roddy White and Pro Bowl Tony Gonzalez Tony on Gonzalez. that roster. Yeah. Here, I mean, Ridley's not getting the same kind of attention he did before. And there's no Julio Jones on the roster. Um, Russell Gage, wide receiver two, missed last week. Um, Hayden Hurst is playing, as you mentioned, pretty much no role at all. Um, so it's kind of surprising Kyle Pitts isn't getting more looks. But I'm not panicking over it at all. I think yeah. the... Um, the X factor is being Cordero Patterson, you know, he hit between him and Mike Davis having what 33 um, targets so far this season, uh, the running backs, you know, Matt, as I said earlier, Matt Ryan's looking short. Um, that's why you're looking at Mike Davis having 17 targets, Cordero Patterson having 16 targets. Um, so yeah. And Lee Smith having four. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a defense uh, on the back end that uh, may be the exact opposite of what they are on the, on, in the trenches. Like uh, I'm looking at these PFF scores and mm-hmm. um, this is, I think why their defense is struggling. Uh, and to be clear, you know, Kendall Fuller is, he's a good corner. He's had some good years. Uh, this he's having a little bit of a down year. Um, still a relatively good <laughs> corner. Um, but uh, across from him, uh, William Jackson, the third, uh, first round pick from 2016, uh, has been, you know, sort of erratic through his career, um, and is not having a, a good start to this season. Uh, the safeties, uh, you've got, uh, Bobby McCain back there, um, who is sort of just a average, uh, safety. And then, uh, you've got Landon Collins who, 
you know, for a while there, it looked like he was going to be a, you know, like a really, really good safety uh, his first three years in the league and has sort of fallen off the past few years, uh, which is a little bit surprising. Um, and yeah, mm-hmm. the, like the, that combination of the corners and safeties, it looks like there's going to be opportunities. And to be clear, the giants have much better safeties and corners, you know, in, uh, on their back end than what we're seeing from Washington. Um, and this is a Washington defense that plays, I mean, they like to sit in their zone and just, that's been something that they do. It's Ron Rivera, first of all. Um, and Falcons fans will remember riverboat Ron, the one thing you always heard from Panthers fans is this guy will not adjust. He will not adjust his defense. Um, and it sounds like they're seeing the same thing in Washington. Uh, incidentally, Ron Rivera was the coach when Julio went off for 300 yards against the Panthers in 2016. So we don't have Julio clearly. Um, but I think that speaks to the fact that he likes to do his thing and, and not, not move away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth mentioning too. One of their, uh, defensive backs, Benjamin St. Juiced, uh, awesome name. He uh, is out. He hasn't practiced this week. He's got a concussion. Yeah. So um, currently on Thursday's report, he didn't practice due to that concussion. And those are the type of injuries you literally cannot predict. Um, they can miss a season. They can make a, miss a week. So uh, I would count on him probably not playing unless there's something you know big on Friday's practice report. Yeah, and that's uh, that's obviously going to hurt their depth for what is already a, a relatively weak pre- position for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the linebackers? What do you see with the Washington linebackers? Anything to be concerned about there? Do you think that's also an opportunity for someone like uh, Cordero Patterson to continue to be involved as as a weapon in the offense? I'm, I mean, overall, I kind of like their linebackers. They're not you know well known. Cole Holcomb's been pretty solid. Um, for them, Jonathan Bostick's bounced around some other teams, but he's been good for them as well. And, you know, Jamin Davis, he was, uh, I believe their first round pick first round this pick. year. Yep. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of him specifically this year. I, I see that he started one game. Um, so that'll be interesting to observe. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like, I'm not terrified of their linebackers. I think they're literally their front defensive line is the scary part, but once you get beyond that, um, but, you know, we, we may not get beyond that if the offensive line struggles. That's, <laughs> right. that's a big caveat here. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think if the Falcons offense is going to have success, they're going to have to get the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands quickly. And so I don't know that we're going to see a dramatic uptick in the downfield, uh, the air, you know, the air yards, uh, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, this could be another game. I think where Patterson is a big factor, you know, those, those dump off passes and getting him involved in that way. Although some screens and some screens. Yeah. Because this looks like uh, a secondary that is, can be taken advantage of um, if the Falcons execute properly, but to your point, the offensive line has to hold up and yeah, there's, there's several question marks there. Um, And, you know, was Mayfield's game against the Giants a trend or was it an outlier? I think that's the big question mark. You know, is he improving as a player, um, which we certainly hope that's the case, or was New York just sort of a fluke where everything came together and he had his best game ever and he's never going to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because he's he's a young guy and he's, you know, it's it's impossible to say for certain. Um, let's hope it's that he's improving as a player. I really, really want that to be the case. I mean, the, the PFF stats have backed it up at least. Yeah. And, and 
he did improve from week one to week two, and then again mm-hmm. from week two to week three. Uh, and that week three performance, to be clear, was very, very strong. Like, a, a, you know, PFF had him as one of the top five uh, highest graded players on our offense. And mm-hmm. I think overall, as a guard, he was like 10th or 11th. Yeah. Like, for the week. So, uh, and honestly, Hennessy's been fine. He's sort of been league average. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at his rank. He's ranked 14th out of 33 centers. So that, you know, puts him right in the middle of the pack. And that's, you know, about what we would expect mm-hmm. from a first time starter at center. Um, still, you know, this is where the, the challenges lie. And I think this is the, the, the battle to watch yet again, Evan in the trenches, uh, as yeah. we always talk about. Well, and um, the thing to remember with Hennessy too, is he himself is very young. Um, he oh, last yeah. year, I believe it was what Tampa, uh, Kansas city, and then Tampa or something like he, he had a tough, you know, start to his career last year. Um, and then this year, looking at the fronts he's he's faced, um, it hasn't been easy. He's a but he's a young player just like Mayfield, yep. uh, trying to grasp you know this next level at the NFL. So uh, I wouldn't rule him out by any means. Um, the one thing I really like about Arthur Smith so far is he's letting these young players make mistakes um, and bounce back from them or at least yes. giving him the opportunity to bounce back. And whether that's the offensive line or just looking at like the punting job, um, he's not bailing on guys the second they struggle. Cause once you bench them, you're killing their confidence. Yeah, um, exactly. Just like, like Josh Andrews, who's been out with a broken hand um, is likely to be back very soon. I don't know about this week, but he's in that 21 day window or whatever, where he can come off of IR. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely would hate, if they benched Mayfield because I think it would halt his progress. Um, So, you know, if if you're in a situation where obviously Matt Ryan is like getting destroyed specifically because Mayfield's struggling randomly, um, then you, you absolutely make a move because you don't want your quarterback to get hurt, but let him, let him keep, you know, having some little bumps and bruises and, and growing as a player. Yeah. And honestly, what you just said, I think is what, fans need to be in for this season. I don't think this was ever going to be a playoff team. Like I think the absolute best case scenario for this team this year, if they stayed hundred percent healthy, if they picked up everything quickly was maybe they sniff the playoffs, you know, maybe they mm-hmm. get to like nine, 10 wins as the absolute ceiling. Um, but they've already got injuries. They've already lost some guys, you know, they lost potentially their starting left guard, uh, in Josh Andrews and Mayfield is starting, you know, their wide receiver two is out cornerback one was out last week. Um, so they already have some challenges coming the way. And this was always going to be a season, regardless of what you thought about them drafting Kyle Pitts. Um, this was always going to be a season where there's going to be some bumps and bruises because they have so many new starters and so many young guys. And again, you know, another scheme change. So, uh, it, it was never going to be uh, this team was going to hit the ground running immediately. Um, and like you said, they, with guys like Mayfield and then the, you know, Nizelec, the punter, mm-hmm. they're going to get a second chance because honestly they, they can't afford to start writing off guys after one bad performance. Like they don't have that deep of a roster. Like there's not someone behind Jalen Mayfield right now where you're saying, Oh yeah, this guy's clearly so much better. <laughs> like, right. Like, you know, Josh Andrews ceiling. Um, you know he's not the future at the left guard spot. Exactly, Mayfield has the potential to be a starter for the team. Yep. He's obviously not going to be there yet. Um, 
you know, he, he's been a right tackle. Now he's playing left guard in the NFL and he's for facing the first time some of the ever. strong. Yeah. Some of the toughest um, defensive fronts in the league, like you're naturally going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't want to see, I, I don't want to see him removed from that, that starting job. Um, let him keep growing. Yeah. Cause it's so, working. The numbers are backing up. Like it's literally working. Yeah. He's um, progressing. He's, Right. I'm not saying he's going, you know, at the current rate, I think his passing block, uh, pass blocking grade went from like 1.4 to 30 to like 72. Like it's not going to be a hundred <laughs> next week, but right. <laughs> I mean, it's just been growing crazy, but um, I, I imagine it'll be something relatively close to that. Um, I don't think we'll see a one point or a single digit again. Hopefully not. So hopefully not. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I think the summary of, of the, the Falcons offense is, it's going to depend on the trenches, but Mm -hmm. this Washington defense is weak on the back end. There are opportunities for the Falcons to take advantage of, but in order to do it, you got to keep Matt Ryan clean. Um, All right. We're going to flip the script. We're going to talk about the Washington offense going up against this uh, Falcons defense, which has been surprisingly decent in recent weeks. Um, But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchwill. We're talking about the Falcons matchup against the Washington football team in week four of the 2021 NFL season in Atlanta. Back home, we're going to play this one. Uh, we talked about the Falcons offense going up against this Washington defense in the first half. Let's talk about how the Washington offense uh, matches up with our defense. So, Evan, who's the standout guy? I already know who it is, but I want you to say it. Who's the standout guy for Washington on offense that Falcons fans should be uh, very mindful of? Well, normally I would say there's two, um, but Terry McLaurin is definitely the guy. Um, he's a super, probably one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. And if you yep. said he was the most underrated, I would not argue with you. Um, he's got 19 receptions, 231 yards, and one touchdown this year. Um, not a great start, but obviously you got to keep in mind, they went into the season expecting Ryan Fitzpatrick um, to be their starting quarterback. And he had six attempts before he you know, left the game with the injury and he's been out since with uh, Taylor Heineke uh, starting. Um, the other guy would have been Antonio Gibson, but he randomly uh, popped up on Thursday's injury report and he did not yeah. practice due to a shin injury. So that'll be something to monitor on Friday's report because um, he was like, there was nothing 
no red flags and then randomly popped up. And when they randomly pop up on a Thursday after practicing, it's something to take notice of. It um, is. So we'll, we'll know more on Friday, but if he uh, does not go on um, Sunday, the two to watch is Jarrett Patterson, who a lot of people probably haven't heard of. He looked good in preseason and I would expect him to be more of their pure runner. And also J.D. McKissick, uh, former undrafted free agent um, that had a short stint with the Falcons. 2016. Um, yeah. Right. He was a good uh, kick returner, but he is being, you know, he's been solid for the uh, Washington football team more as a receiving back. But uh, yeah, so those are the guys to know. Logan Thomas as a tight end has been really good too. Um, but outside of that, that's pretty much a summary of their offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and at quarterback, um, journeyman Taylor Heineke, who actually yeah. he's having a fairly decent season um, in relief of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I don't want to completely trash him, mm-hmm. um, but he's like, I think he's a guy that is going to be erratic because of the fact like this guy should be a backup. Uh, right. He, he, well, he, he played him and uh, Ron Rivera together uh, played the Falcons in 2018 with the Panthers. Um, yeah. That was one of, it might've been his first ever start. Um, he had a touchdown and three interceptions, one to Jack Crawford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why anytime I see Taylor Heineke, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember you. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't been great by any means and, you know, two starts, but he's been solid for him. Uh, won a game, lost a game. We'll see what happens this weekend. Yeah. And the guys in front of him, this is where it gets interesting. And before we go there, um, the, the passing weapons, as you mentioned, you know, Terry McLaurin is, uh, obviously their top receiver. Logan Thomas is second in yards. Uh, he Mm -hmm. has 117 receiving yards this year. Number three is JD McKissick. As you just mentioned, they use him much more as a passing back, but number four was Antonio Gibson, like their second wide receiver. Uh, on the team, as far as uh, yardage, is Adam Humphreys, and he is fifth on the list. Like they're mm-hmm. going, the fact that Gibson may be out is a huge deal to their offense because, um, you know, th- they just haven't been using wide receiver two and three much at all. Like Adam Humphreys has 61 receiving yards, uh, uh, Deami Brown has 32 receiving yards in three games. Um, and that is, you know, that could be a good factor for the Falcons. Um, you know, Brown is someone that they were hoping would do more this year coming out of North Carolina um, yeah, as a third round pick. But so far, he has not caught on the way that they were hoping he would. You know, he's a fast guy. But I think one of the criticisms of Brown coming out of college was he he was prone to drops. And I think he actually had a, a key drop uh, last week, in fact, on, on mm-hmm. the crossing route. Um, but let's talk about the offensive line. Um, this is a decent offensive line, but I don't think they're a dominant one. Um, I'm looking from, you know, across the line, left tackle, Charles Leno Jr. Um, he's been in the league for a few years. He's he's actually a pretty good left tackle, uh, sort of in the Jake Matthews mold, more of a pass blocker than a running run blocker, mm-hmm. um, off to a decent start. Their left guard, I, I didn't know whatever happened to this guy, Eric Flowers, who was yeah. originally drafted by the Giants and was God awful at left tackle. They've uh, Washington has kicked him inside. He is their starting left guard. He's actually having a good year. So maybe that was the trick with him is that they never should have had him at tackle. Um, he's he seems to be doing a fairly good job at left guard from what we're seeing from the PFF stats at least. Um, center may be an opportunity. Um, you know, Chase real year. 
six round pick from 2017. Uh, this is a guy that uh, may, if, if, if Grady Jarrett's going to disrupt the middle of this offensive line, it may be because of uh, uh, the guy in the middle, because uh, now the other name to watch on the injury report for mm-hmm. Washington is Brandon Scherf, who has been one of the best right guards in the league for several years. Um, and I believe he was on Washington's injury report yesterday, did not practice. I, I haven't seen an update today. Yeah, he full, he was a full participant today. Okay, so he's he'll probably be back in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, probably not an opportunity there. The only player where I'm seeing a potential opportunity is at right tackle. Samuel Cosme, um, their second-round pick out of Texas, is at right tackle. He's got a pass-blocking grade of 59.3, um, which – you know, maybe that's an opportunity for Dante Fowler to have another, you know, big game and, and to be able to get there. But I feel like if they're going to get to Heineke, um, it's going to be through the exotic uh, uh, blitzes or the exotic use of, you know, bringing in safeties or corners um, that Dean Pease likes to do. What do you, what do you think? Am I off base here or do you think there's some opportunities I'm not seeing? No, I, I think the only other thing I'd add is in you, pretty much mentioned it. Watch the running backs. Um, Heineke's going to target them early and often, even if it's not Gibson playing, if it's McKick's, uh, McKissick and uh, Patterson, um, because force him to throw, you know, force yeah. him to throw beyond five, the five-yard line. Um, as you mentioned, I mean, Terry McLaurin's definitely the guy down there, um, but make him, make him throw to like Adam Humphreys and Deami Brown. Like he may just like, force the ball in situations at which could lead to turnovers. That's what I would do mm-hmm. anyway. Um, because it's very noticeable. Like they're, they're, they're targeting one receiver a ton and then the other one's not so much. Um, Logan <laughs> Thomas definitely playing a factor as, you know, a tight end who's got 14 targets this year, but I mean, it's clear where the ball's going and it's always to Terry McLaurin or it's going to McKissick or Gibson out of the backfield. Yeah, and if they lose one of those weapons, that's going to be a, a big impact. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the good news is for the Falcons, it looks like AJ Terrell has been practicing. Uh, he practiced on Wednesday. He practiced again on Thursday. I believe a full participant. Um, yep. And really good sign that he will be back for this game. I would imagine he he is going to be against McLaurin a lot. Although Fabian Rowe came from Washington and he has time on the field and practicing against McLaurin. So there may be some familiarity there with Fabian Rowe matching up against his former teammate as well. Mm-hmm. Or you could just shadow cover with, you know, have one of the safeties kind of watch him too. Isaiah Oliver's been playing out of his mind. So hell throw, make, you know, throw him out there yeah. with him. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be good to get Terrell back, even though, you know, the Falcons won a game without him. Um, he's beyond, you know, clearly their best secondary player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the PFF numbers back it up. He's it, It's good to get him back. Concussions are scary. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like, you don't know if it's going to be one week or a full season. Like, they're just – it's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's good to see he's coming back. And he had two full practices – uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So as long as there's no setback, which there shouldn't be on Friday, um, he'll be good to go. Yeah. The, uh, obviously having him back is going to help a lot, especially as you mentioned, it looks like right now they have just one right receiver and a bunch of other guys who barely get targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you mentioned McKissick coming out of the backfield, obviously Logan Thomas as the tight end, their second most targeted weapon, um, second most yards. And Thomas is interesting. He's not 
Um, he he's he is an athletic guy, but he actually most of his catches come like uh, in, in traffic. Like he's more of a Tony Gonzalez type of tight end than he's a uh, former quarterback. Yeah, exactly. He threw a touchdown pass to Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. Yeah, he was uh, drafted by the Cardinals. And I think they actually were the ones who started converting him to tight end um, Mm -hmm. before giving up on it. Uh, Funny enough, it worked out, and Washington now has a pretty good receiving tight end for it. Uh, But he's a guy that wins in traffic. So it'll be interesting to see between Harmon and Harris, you know, who may end up getting matched up on him in coverage. Um, And also – you know, with uh, McKissick, is this an opportunity for Deion Jones to show that, you know, one of the best parts of his game is, you know, covering those running backs out of the backfield? I think that that will be another key matchup to, to watch. As you, as you mentioned, I think it's a really good point. Heineke is probably going to try to target those running backs a lot. This is probably where we're going to need uh, Deion Jones and Foye Lucan to really sort of deliver on the fact that, you know, these are we've got two fast and, and very athletic linebackers that can keep up with these guys. So um, I'd, I'd like to see them get more Michael Walker out there. I think he's been yeah. super underrated for the Falcons in the, in the current scheme, he hasn't had to play as much, um, but he kind of brings that Deion Jones type athleticism, I think out there where, where a more of a hitter. Like you want him on those third down plays if there's yep. a possible run and stuff like that. So I'd like to see more Walker. Yeah, and I think he had just like four or five snaps in that last week. Uh, although was our highest graded defensive player in four or five snaps, so small sample size. <laughs> yeah, um, but the Falcons. It looks like also I think Marlon Davidson hasn't been practicing, so yep. we may be missing him as well. Um, so right now it looks like for the Falcons, Marlon Davidson and Russell Gage both with ankle injuries. Yeah, um, and those are those could be really tricky to come back from, especially for a wide receiver. Um, and, and for a defensive tackle who's trying to anchor and, and push against guys, you know, you have to be very careful about those. Um, mm. And I think it was high ankle sprain for Dante Fowler, which really, you know, derailed his 2020 season um, for most of the year. So uh, not something to mess with, but how are you feeling about this matchup? Uh, for me, I feel like Heineke is the wild card. If he can, if he has a good game, if he gets a ton of protection and uh, has a good game, this could be, you know, problematic for the Falcons, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's McKissick. Um, Hmm. The dude is, he's just so talented out of the backfield, whether he's, you know, being a rusher averaging uh, 5.1 yards so far this season for the uh, Washington or out, you know, being a receiving option. He's got 14 yards per reception. Um, especially if Antonio Gibson doesn't go, uh, that's to me going to be kind of what you need to focus on is JD McKissick. Um, not so much in a revenge game. I'm sure he doesn't care, but, um, (laughs) I just think he's insanely talented. Uh, and also Terry McLaurin, you know, he, uh, if the Falcons are able to shut him down, that'll be huge. Um, because he's been pretty good for them, um, this year. I think he's averaging 77 yards per game. Um, so definitely that's where the receiving targets are going. Um, yeah. Uh, but overall, how do I feel about this game? Um, I think it's winnable. Uh, I, I think, you know, looking not to look too far ahead, but I think the next three games are winnable. Um, I think we could go, you know, he, it, it, I don't know. It, it's just like, I, I don't want to get too excited because like, obviously we saw how the first couple <laughs> it's of the Falcons, right. Right. And they, do this to you you start to believe a little bit i know it was the giants and they won in a nail biter 
but we've got Washington, then we've got the Jets, then we have a bye week, then you got Miami, who, you know, we don't know if Tua will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm choosing to be optimistic. And, and you know, by, by our post-game pod, um, I'll, prob- I'll probably not be <laughs> optimistic, but I'd like to hope I will be because I think, they, I think they're going to win. Yeah, um, I like the matchup. I, I think they'll be able to disrupt Heineke enough especially with the fact that he doesn't have, um, you know, if Gibson's out, I'm going to feel even better about this right. because he's going to essentially have three weapons that he is, you know, comfortable with. And uh, that's really going to, I think, change the outlook of this game. Um, but I, I think guys like Grady Jarrett and Fowler, they're going to have to repeat their performance or we're going to have to see, you know, more from the blitzes and, and sending in corners and safeties than what we've seen over the first three games. Um, I think they will work, uh, and I think they'll do just enough. Um, I am worried about the Washington defensive line, uh, but I think at the same time, our offensive line has been improving enough that it won't be, they won't get devastated the way they did the first two weeks. Uh, and that, that I think is going to be the factor here. So I'm, I'm going to give a prediction for this game um, of 21 to 20. I think the Falcons will squeak out a win. Yeah, heart, you know, just a, a heart. Another pounding. nail biter. <laughs> Another nail biter. Um, but I, I think they'll squeeze out the win because I, I do think this Washington defense is better than what they have been showing so far this year. Um, but I think there's enough opportunities for advantage for Atlanta to take advantage of. How do you see? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 23-14. And I don't. Those numbers just kind of popped in my head. It doesn't. It's not based on anything. Um, but I think I think the Falcons defense is going to step up again. Um, I know in the first two games they gave up what like eighty points um, or seventy points. It's uh, you know fourteen last week. I'm I'm choosing to believe that this Falcons defense is going to keep them in the game. Excellent. Um, all and, right. Oh oh, and I'm calling it. Kyle Pitts scores. This I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, let's right. get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm here for a Kyle Pitts touchdown. Um, all right, Evan, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield at thefalcoholics.com where you can find literally anything Falcons related, um, but also the specific injury reports I've been referencing throughout this show. Um, Fridays is going to be very important, so check that out. And then over the weekend, we'll have a ton of uh, content at thefalcoholics.com, including inactives and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, look for me and DW on the post game on, uh, I believe Monday. And, uh, yeah, we're trying something different here, doing a little pre, uh, preview. So let us know, you know, send us a DM on Twitter, hopefully a good one and let us know what you think. (laughs) Yeah. If it's (laughs) it's not good, buzz off. We don't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Falcoholic DW. Our updates at Falcoholic Pod. And of course, as Evan mentioned, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.